Blog Talk Radio. I think, I think I'm ready to spit this. I'm back at it. Yo. Now I father who ought to be earthbound, subject to gravity, to be to be thy name. And when my kingdom comes, I shall bring the rum, grab the nearest microphone and speak within my brain. Now yes, you have stepped in the barbershop, and if you disagree, there's never a need to dish you. 310-982-4273 to get through. And check out my dude Alfred's YouTube page, Dragnot Silvis. That's D-R-A-G-N-A-U-C-T. S-Y-L-V-A-S These are the questions and opinions The lessons and the visions As I step into position with the reppin' and presentin' And what am I representing? Empathy, altruism, and pragmatism My dude Alfred Loco with the humanism And people don't be afraid of a word with a dual syllabic suffix I represent hip-hop culture by the elements I represent my folks in the LGBT community And the drag community I represent the state that said If what you call married gets you special federal benefits Then everybody gets those benefits To better get the picture I illustrate the scripture What Alfred on my side with the illustrates to hit you The tellers of the story The writers of the word Delivering the narrative and try to get it heard The narrative The narrative of human interaction With each other and with our environment the narrative of what we call morality. Who is moral and why? What is moral and why? And how do we reach these conclusions? And if we've already reached them, then our species would have already been to a point of global tranquility right now, wouldn't we? My topics are my thoughts, folks, and probably risky. I've walked on wine and turned water to whiskey. Born in a manger and talked as a frisbee, but I ended both hunger by making scotch at a brisk tea. Good evening, everybody. This is the Barbershop, and we have Alfred on the line with us. Alfred? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I can hear you just fine. 
Awesome, awesome. Yeah, my internet connection is kind of screwy out here in the desert. We're just trying to make sure everybody could hear. All right, cool. Is uh, we got Allie up on on the line yet? No, he's not here yet. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Uh, while he gets here, let's go over go over a few things. We're gonna have a interesting few topics today. Uh, some of which are gonna be uh having to do with some of the recent, I guess. I don't want to call them social memes, but uh, social issues and trending topics and whatnot that you might see on a Yahoo page or you might see on Reddit every so often. Uh, one of which I know a few people have heard of is the, uh, his name is Caitlin Hunt, a uh, teen in Florida who is now uh, facing rape charges because of her uh, her lurid affair, some people call it, with a, a underage girl. Uh, the interesting thing is people feel that if she was a guy, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But the parents of the girl, uh, is 18 now, says that the parents of the younger teen girl are actually using their bigotry to get uh, the girl arrested. Now, they, they knew about the two girls way before she turned 18, but supposedly they were waiting for the right time to try and use the law to their advantage so they could stop uh, the, the homosexual conversion of their teen daughter. Now, I did a little bit of research and looking up some things and just like with you know some issues with the Trayvon Martin case, there's a lot of double talk, a lot of, you know, redacting of statements, there's a lot of mis just general misinformation uh in the courtroom and out in the media because supposedly both sets of parents are are lying to some degree. Now Here's what I've been able to gather is that the relationship evidently started after the girl accused uh, Hunt after she turned 18. Now, whether her parents, uh, uh, parents of victims, are actually using the fact that she's homosexual as an excuse, well, that's up to interpretation depending on who you ask. Now, it, it's it's interesting, though, because I actually went to a, a conservative page to kind of see what other folks are, are trying to say on the other side of the aisle. As far as how, would, how are they viewing this? Because some of us are just looking at this as, well, you're using this girl's sexual orientation, and they're trying to make an example out of her. So if someone else's teen daughter is also facing the, the, the conversion police out there, the recruiters, I, I guess, I'm not sure what they, what they consider homosexual to be now with their crazy agendas, quote-unquote. But they can use this kind of as precedent to say, well, if I have this issue, I'll just, I'll just kind of wait it out and you know, get this, this this recruiter arrested and that'll 
be the solution to this problem. Well, interestingly enough, it's garnered more attention than they really expected. So it kind of begs the question is, are our laws as far as, you know, these types of relationships, whether it be homosexual or heterosexual, do, do they really need to be as black and white as they are? Is it really, you know, is it, is it really is it that arbitrary to a degree that the second someone turns 18, they're just automatically set into this category of maturity and responsibility that is warranted? And in a lot of cases, it's not. And a lot of us know this from personal experiences, from my own maturity, and from those around us. So you have to really look at what's really going on here. Okay, well, the letter of the law is being followed, and a crime has been committed for the Florida law. So now the application of that law is what's really uh, being asked here is, is it fair to say, well, the parents of the supposed victim are just using this as an excuse to uh, be a vehicle for their own bigotry because they obviously didn't approve of their relationship, whether it was legal or not. But from uh, some affidavits, which I'm still trying to find, and from what I can see in some of these comments is that, that obviously the parents of the alleged victim did not appreciate this relationship not at all. But I did find it interesting, though, that the the alleged victim's parents are an interracial couple, uh, an, an interracial couple, and that people are kind of siding with them. But as of recently, when we had an interracial couple in a Cheerios commercial, you get a very different reaction. I just thought that was, that was very interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, in the case with that young lady, you know, the um, LGBTQ couple, and the parents only pressed charges because they didn't believe that, you know, that lifestyle was correct, and they blamed the older girl for their child being a member of the LGBTQ community. And that's why we need to go back and take a look at those laws because, if it was just because the young lady was 18 and then they pressed charges because they felt, you know, that they had an issue due to the age difference there, that's one thing. But to basically press charges against her because of your bigotry regarding, you know, her LGBTQ status, you know, we need to relook at some of these laws. Some of them need to be rewritten and looked at um, t- interpreted differently. And I agree, especially seeing Florida's um, <laughs> just Florida's use of some of its laws and uh, how they apply it to, I'll just say, certain folks. It's clear that if anybody has an agenda, it's those that have a uh, supposed conservative leaning to where they think that their religious ideology is somehow trumps all of the laws and that it can be manipulated, they can manipulate and abuse any other source 
of law and justice toward that goal. So it's not in any way, shape, or form to me being objective and being fair. It's about just, you know, propagating their own theology and their own bigotry and their own hate to a degree. And I, I found one of the, uh, one of the articles I read that, and this is all in quotes, our family has discussed it with the Indian River County Sheriff's Office decision today to release a full arrest affidavit without the courtesy of redacting Kate's home address, which was clearly a retaliatory move uh, for the negative media attention they received today. Releasing the affidavit will also result in a necessary humiliation for the other team involved in this case, whose friends, teachers, neighbors will not be able to read the explicit and explicit detail of private behavior, which is tragic. Shame on, on Sheriff uh, Lore. As for Kate's age at the time of the alleged incident, the family has always maintained that the age is not a relevant question in this case. These were two high school girls on the, on the same varsity basketball team in the same social circles who fell in love. If the parents had a problem with their relationship, they should approach Kate or her parents to discuss it. That's Instead, they went to the police. Look where we are now. So it's... It, it, it tells me again, really, that I really have drawn a distrust for law enforcement uh, in Florida because it's not that they seem incompetent. It's just that they really are out to abuse whatever power they have. And that's just the way it it really seems, you know? It's it's kind of scary to consider folks, well, we got some bad media attention because of this whole situation that, you know, they should have just rolled over and accepted whatever was coming toward them. So, okay, well, we're going to break protocol and just show all their private information without regard to them because our feelings hurt, our personal feelings hurt, and we look bad. And that's, that's, that's childish and that's petty. So it's, it's very interesting, but, um, all these uh, memes and stuff being made, and also there are some celebrities that are getting, getting involved in this. Uh, some of which are Anne Rice, uh, Evan uh, Raquel Wood, and Kelly Osborne are now involved in this. And even the hacker group Anonymous has gotten involved. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, <laughs> Anonymous even uh, wrote a letter to the Indian River County uh, Attorney's Office. Greetings, tickets. We are Operation Justice. The last operation of our team conducted led to the case of uh, Retea Parsons being reopened and an independent investigation into the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. You may have read about us. Now we are in Florida. You should have respected us. So, that's They've really garnered a lot of attention that I know they they didn't want because you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I agree. It's it's very interesting. Um, let's let's see. There's actually yeah, I think a... Allie is here with us now. I think okay. William is here. Let's oh, see, William. Oh. Yes, hey, sorry about that, Jesus Christ. Fifteen minutes late getting my notes up. How you doing there? I just I just caught you in the middle of uh, what you were saying there. 
Oh, no, it's okay. I was just uh, reading through some of this stuff right here on the side. Um, it's it's actually a 3K Facebook page, and, of course, there's all kinds of Twitter hashtags and whatnot. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, there is um, – I went to one of the uh, – I think it was collegeconservative.com, you know, one of the opposing view websites, and they made an interesting point if this was uh, – I think it's a Christopher Hunt instead of Caitlin Hunt we would be having this conversation – you know, regardless of her sexual orientation and her gender, are we looking at this as are we looking at this objectively, or are we just trying to make them into some sort of mortars to make a point? And I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate here, but that's, a, that's an interesting point that they make. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about it because of what was it, um, what, like 17 years old and, and, and 14 years old or something like that? What was the age difference? Yeah, and and that's what I'm still trying to really understand because evidently both sets of parents weren't very honest uh, about all throughout this investigation. Supposedly that their relationship started or the actual acts of sex started when Caitlyn turned 18. I'm sure, though, that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're talking and they're getting to know each other happened much, much earlier than that because the team just turned 18 uh, from what I can gather. So, but what I'm trying to figure out is um, I really can't find anything that states what specific act happened and when. And who can, who other than the alleged victim can verify that? Because I'm pretty sure both sets of teams weren't standing outside of a door, you know, just kind of listening in to the reporter. So it's it's a very interesting case. And really, that it might have just end up being a well, what, what, what was their consent? And like, and 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 that and that should just be the deal. And and, and they should let that go. Quit, quit trying to sue these people. That's really that's really ugly behavior. It's de- denial sort of behavior, and and it's and then it's that um you know how we're just uh, we're we're just people that are so quick to jump and sue. It, it, it's really it, it's ugly behavior on them that that they're trying to sue right now. It's, it's terrible. It is, and it really doesn't help when you have. Uh, allegedly, both sets of parents being very dishonest about certain things, but uh, to me, it seems more of the parents of the alleged victim are just using this as a vehicle for their bigotry. So now it's just becoming a case of, well, we're going to play into this whole mindset of there being homosexual quote unquote recruiters out there and they're out to get you killed. You know, there's that, that boogeyman again that they have to protect, everyone has to protect their kids from and, and here's how we can do it. Here's how you can protect your your kids against the homosexual menace and it, it just plays into this, this misconceptions and these stereotypes over and over again and it does our society no good but it helps propagate their religion and it helps form that solidarity for their religious base, and I'm pretty sure every uh, person in the alleged victim's parents' church organization are right there with them, backing them 100% away with every 
at every twist and turn to verify every misconception they may have. And that's what really bothers me. And that's why I try to point out to folks is that you don't, you can't tell me that your religious beliefs are in any way, shape, or form going to help our society because when we have situations like this, they're the driving force behind misconceptions and behind this, this nonsense. So you're going to tell me in, in the end this is supposed to help our society in what way? It's, it's silliness, but that's, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat up this, this dead horse. I'm just interested. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how this actually turns out and, uh, what becomes of it. Yeah, that's why I say if you're, uh, if, if you're debating a theist, you may want to think about it first because you're debating someone who doesn't have to make sense. You just don't. It's like, like that, um, like, like what they, what the, what the Boy Scouts and, and Cub Scouts, uh, we'll have, we'll have, um, gay kids, but, no gay adults, or at least you just have to be closeted, you know. And it's like so that that's going to keep um, you know, that's going to protect the kids from the gay element. But well, now you got two gay boys in the um, in the in the tent together at sleepaway camp. Oh, you just you set them up on an awesome date. Like they they just they, yeah. they don't think there's there's no thought with them, no logic. No, it doesn't have to be. You just follow one behind the other, like lemmings, and it makes everything easy. Yeah, one plus one equals baseball, and it's just no idea. They're not gonna, they're not gonna get a win out of that. Did you already hit um your uh, your conversation with your cousin? Uh, no, not yet. I wanted to, I wanted to try and, and buy a little time for you to get in so we could get your input on that. But I'm actually gonna bring up that conversation too, trying to find it and look past the picture of the scorpion I found in my house yesterday. That was fun. <laughs> you need a link to it? Uh, I'm actually I'm at it right now. And actually, okay. I found out that uh, I know at least one person removed me uh, because uh, evidently I, I post too much negative stuff. I didn't think I'd post you know, the stuff I post is on Facebook normally that negative, but I try to be I try to be interesting. When I, when I post something, it's usually there's just something you can get out of it. You, you understand nuance. And someone actually hit the nail on the head when I posted that, and they said, okay, I see where you're going with that, and I see, you know, I, your, your posts have something that I can learn from this, even though it is a little bit, derogatory towards some or it may not be uh may not be phrased a certain way to my liking. But ninety percent of people get it. But actually, actually yeah, give me a link because I'm pretty sure I just skipped over it. <laughs> but uh I, more or less like, What I'm 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 bringing um like when when I'm posting it it's mostly bad news. But I think I think it's relevant to know that uh Certain people exist, and the way that they're going to behave is uh, it, it, it exists right along with them. Bam, sent the link. And, uh, you know, you, you might want to know that they're out there. You know, like I remember I, I, I got that stuff uh, a lot from just uh, reading the news as a kid, and you're just surprised that, like, well, some folks really exist out there. You see stuff that the uh, that the police do to people. You know, like uh, like you, you, you're familiar with that, um 
that 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 recent one. I think that may have happened down here in Florida too, where the kid was um like carrying a puppy that he was feeding with a bottle. Like that's how young the puppy dog was on the beach, and um and he's playing with his friend, and the police uh tell him to to go get his parents, and the kid gave him a dehumanizing look. So they yeah you know they 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 went police mode on him. You know, you know how they do if you have melanin. You need a little force. And it's like, uh, you know, people need to know that, you know, especially if there's, like, young black people looking. I know there's young folks that look, and it's like, you might want to be informed that this this element is there. So is it really bad news, or is it just useful information? Yeah, I saw a lot of people posting that, too, and it's crazy. Posted a little bit of power, how, how it goes to their head, and then... It's just no whole bar. There's nothing to keep them in check, so then they feel no need to keep themselves in check. And it, it's ridiculous, you know. I, every time something like that happens, I remember a quote from that movie, uh, Watchmen. It's who watches the Watchmen. And I, I know that entire movie, as bad as it was, the, uh, I'll, just, I'll reference the, the actual graphic novel. The graphic novel is a social commentary. And you know, based around, okay, so who watches the authority figure? What stops the authority figure from stepping over that line? But that's where we're supposed to come in and kind of add in that check and balance. But you have to be willing to actually go that extra mile and stand up for your rights and know what kind of avenues you can take. But anyway, just... in. This is a simple Facebook message I made toward the folks of, um, toward anybody about Moose, Oklahoma. And all it says is, I hope everyone is sending, uh, psychic messages to help people in Oklahoma. If you're offended, then ask yourself why. Now this is obviously, well to me, it is obviously, uh, referencing prayer, a psychic message. And it's referencing the fact that people feel that if they can't physically be somewhere, then they're going to pray, and then that's going to that's going to make everything better. Something good's going to happen, and so it gives that person praying a good feeling. So it's a self-serving practice. It doesn't actually do anything because if prayer actually worked, they wouldn't have gotten hit by a freaking tornado. But that's just twenty twenty hindsight reality talking. You know, I, I, I probably one of the reasons I'm not very good at this whole uh, you know religion thing. So, uh, my cousin and I, which I've known, we, we both grew up uh, really the same way around the same area, and for the most part together, you know, living down the street from one another for most of our lives. He is still a theist, and I am an atheist, and then we've experienced certain, uh, certain, we've had certain experiences exactly the same. We've been in a car and almost got hit. And then now I look back at that and say, okay, we're in a car, and we've almost got hit by another car. But he looks at that still as, oh, well, you know, there's some angel that somehow stopped us from being hit by a car, and the magic from the angel's wings buffeted the vehicle, which stopped it just enough. And that was God saying hello and you know, not looking away, and I, I just I, I can't really warp my mind around what <laughs> what you know the rationale is behind that. But I know now it's bullshit, and that that was 
you know, our indoctrination to view any type of uh, happening that we cannot understand currently as something of a religious nature and of a supernatural nature. So uh, he replied to this that, you know, more of thoughts and concern uh, when you are making a mockery out of some uh, serious incident, at least uh, those people care. You see it as a joke. That's pretty pathetic even for you. And so he was pretty upset by this, and then that's what I was actually going for, is that why, why, why would you be upset by what I said? If I had said, I hope everyone is sending prayers to the people in Oklahoma, and if I had left out that second part, I've gotten a bunch of likes and amens. But if I said psychic message, then that's when it becomes offensive. It, it's very interesting once you have to sit down and think about what a prayer actually is. It's a psychic message that you're sending to a deity. So I have to apply with that with, you know, thoughts and concerns uh, are not psychic messages. And so we kind of go back and forth in this and uh, before a little bit, but before I could even reply to his, uh, well, he asked, let me read this part. Uh, when people, this is what he replied to me. When people pray, that is a way of showing concern and caring when they're, when they personally can't affect something that has occurred. People are legitimately feeling sorrowful and concerned for the incident, and here you are joking about it. I can understand you have your views fine, but making jokes in response to people praying for those caught up in natural disaster is sad. That is why I'm offended. And then, of course, one of my uh, Christian co-workers, or, or ex-co-worker, you know, liked the status. But one of uh, our good theist friends, or excuse me, atheist friends, on Facebook, uh, actually understood what, what I was saying, and he replied, he's pointing out that prayers have no demonstrable impact except that they give the person doing the prayer some warm fuzzy. Instead of doing what makes a, uh, instead of doing what makes uh, a praying person feel good about themselves, how about donating money, time, or something tangible that's a positive impact to those affected? I believe. That is the point he is making, and that is exactly what I was getting at. So, when I go for a Facebook status, that's what I want. That's, that's the kind of response that I want. Even from what little I said, he drew so much, and of course, three people like this, because they then include myself, they understood what I was getting at. Because you could sit there and perform this act over and over again. I could say, well, every time uh, the Saints. Uh, you know, don't go to the, the, the Super Bowl, I'm going to beat myself uh, physically, that's not going to have any kind of impact on the Saints. That's not going to do anything. It's going to incur physical pain upon me, and I can believe it's going to affect them. But in the end, it's a self-serving practice, regardless, because there's no demonstrable, um, there's no, I mean, he's just his exact phrase, there's no demonstrable impact. And I'm going to have to act as feel that, that phrase so I can uh, reuse that. But yeah, and, and I, I know you got, uh, you got some, some, some giggles from our, our exchanges back and forth. <laughs> I did. I remember I, 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 I felt the, um, I felt the heat coming off the screen because your cousin has a presence. Like when I first disagreed with him on something, like I felt the ice cube coming out of him. Like I'm having a conversation with my family, homie. And I was like, ah, oh, I got, I better, I better back away. 
And yeah, when people praying is uh, grow, uh, showing a concern, yeah, let's run it down. And then see, you have those arguments. Like you're much better with this uh, debating than me. Like me, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just like, ah, can you prove it exists? If you can't, shut up. You know, I'm terrible for that. You see, I can sit and look at a wall and um, and then peeling the paint away, but that doesn't mean it's happening. And while people suffer, people sit and talk to themselves, not because it actually does anything, but because it makes them feel better without having to do anything. Just like eating Chick Fil A to support the First Amendment rights of a Christ, uh, First Amendment rights of a Christian organization. Oh, and then you put down you're actually <laughs> donating money. That's the that's the hitter right there. Exactly, and then that's when I ended it with, and nobody nobody replied to that, um, which I did, which I expected. I donated twenty five dollars since I couldn't be there, and you know, to actually help those folks, I donate money to the Red Cross. Every time there's a natural disaster, I donate money. I don't sit here and talk to a wall. I don't talk to a drug. I, I might joke about it that I pray to a jug of milk, but I don't sit there and pretend that I'm doing something when I'm not. I'm very realistic. I'm not going to do something that's self-serving and claim some sort of moral victory or personal victory. And when I donated money to the Red Cross, which if they use, if they burn my $25 for heat for five minutes, then that's their choice. I'm, I'm not going to nitpick about that. They could honestly wipe, wipe their asses with it. Uh, you know, the victims of the, of the storm. So that's just something I do because I've been in that situation. I've been this place I've had, my house and everything. I Almost everything I've owned destroyed by a natural disaster. So I've been in that spot and I know how others feel. And I know how it feels to uh, believe that people will downplay what's actually happening and they'll offer prayers and warm thoughts and bullshit and it's very self-serving and that's what really pissed me off when I was in their spot so I don't get the promise of an afterlife I don't get the promise of a magic golden toaster in the afterlife I don't get to go up to heaven and suck God's dick for the rest of eternity you know for, for doing a good job I do this strictly because I want to because I think as a moral person, it's the right thing to do. That's it. It is honestly that simple. So, and I brought this point up too with my cousin is that every time you're talking about prayer, anytime you do anything, anytime anyone Christian does anything good, it has to be looked at with a, or it has to be taken with a grain of salt because anything you do as a Christian is self-serving. If you believe that there is almighty being always watching you, always uh, seeing everything you do, then you know in your mind that, okay, he's watching me. Let me make sure that I make the right decision. So you are actually working under coercion. You're not working because you're a good person. You can say you are, but you're not. It's quite simple. If there's a mob boss, and he says, you better stay in line. You better not go to this part of town because I'm always watching you. I'll have all my agents out there watching you, too. Everything you do is under coercion. You can trick yourself and fool yourself into saying, well, I don't like that part of town anyway. I don't, you know, I, I'll, I'll, you know, Chick-fil-A is over here anyway. You know, I don't, I'll just go over there. 
you're still working under coercion. So to try and convince somebody who does not live under the guise of that, uh, that you're actually doing this because you're a good person, is not going to work because it's not, it's, it's, it's not believable due to the situation you willingly put yourself in. Hmm. Man, that was hardcore. Go up there and and fillet God's phallus for eternity. Well, that's a yeah, that's that's quite the reward there. And I, yeah, Jesus Christ, that that knocked my whole thought out. Of, oh, you, oh, that's right. Yeah, and then um, with the uh, using the warm fuzzies, I'm not against that sort of stuff. It's hard not to say that when you're talking to someone who actually thinks these things exist. It's it's hard not to say you get warm fuzzies, but I, it, it'd be it'd probably be more useful to say you're releasing endorphins in your brain because then they, that's something they can't deny. We know that exists. You know, we got folks out there that, that, that study these things and put it under a microscope and they can show it to you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I probably would have went with that because then you can't deny that that's what you're getting because there's also studies that show that that's what that prayer business does and that it only it only helps the person praying release endorphins in their brain if they're praying for someone that's in a hospital that's hurt and that that person who's hurt, has a, they have less of a chance of recovering and they haven't been able to figure out a reason why when someone's praying for them. Uh, yeah, and like you said, uh, it's like working with a with a mob boss, and you look at what, uh, what this sin, that sin, and those other ones. Well, what's what's the uh, what's the reward? Death. That sounds a lot like Big Tony Fingers is gonna come by and whack you. Yeah, they, you you're gonna get hit because you touched a made guy. And you're running it down. Uh, as a Christian, you work under the guys that. Yep. Yeah, you got all that in. Yeah, I really, I really found this interesting. He said, "Well, seeing that every time religion comes out of your mouth, it's satirical. You'll have to forgive me if I don't believe you." And satire is used to make a point. I, I could, I could dig that. Like he said, every time it comes out, it, it's satirical. It's like, well, he's a, he's a riddler. Get used to that. That, that. That's the character. And because religion is funny, and religion kind of is satirical of itself. There's cognitive dissonance written into it. Like it's it's its own um sort of joke, and, and and then wouldn't the same person who's a who's a religious person when you point out a certain story, they're gonna say that one's just a uh, uh what do they call like just a fable, just a, a teaching oh, a lesson. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, that one's a parable. That one's just a, a fable. Yeah, parable. Yeah, they'll use that they'll use that excuse a lot. And it's like okay, um, look up Ezekiel twenty three twenty. Now. I could make the argument that that is a metaphor for hell, anything, but that is some disgusting smut that I wouldn't use. You would think that you could find a better way to write something and get a point across without writing some of the stuff that's in the Bible. I mean, some of it's just gruesome, and then some of it you really can't even make an excuse for, like the uh, eight the she-bears eating the kids for making fun of the prophet. With the, the prophet, uh, I believe the prophet asked God to send some retribution down on the kid, and then how tempted there is to kill the kid. So uh, there's no excuse for some of that stuff, but they're going to find a way to uh, excuse that behavior. It, it really doesn't matter. It's just like the cognitive dissonance that happens in black churches, and I've seen this 
where you'll go, uh, you'll go over parts that might reference or might directly state uh, something about slavery. And it kind of gets skimmed over and stuck under the rug. But like somebody of another race outside of church uh, mention that, then it becomes a big issue. Then, it, it, you know, they're mad, they're heated, and they, and they want something to be done. But yet they play into it when it comes to their religious beliefs passed down by the ancestors of the same people that they're mad at outside of the church. It's, it's ironic. It, it's, it really is. So there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that goes on there, uh, especially when they try to make excuses for everything. But I, I'm a, that's, that can be an entire show in and of itself. But uh, you said you wanted to, to uh, I want to talk about this. this it's, it's funny and it's not funny about the uh, the Bronx Zoo tours, about the, the European uh, uh, Australian visitors coming and they get to they get to see the, the wild Negro in his natural habitat. Watch him as he grazes the local KFC. Um, it, 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 I, I, <laughs> Man, the, oh my goodness, the Bronx Zoo tours. And that's why I was glad I found that image. You know, when I was just looking for images of sort of um, you know, because when you you know when when you're when you're trying to find these things, it's a lot about what's the right word that's going to bring up the right thing. So you're typing in like you're typing in like white supremacy meme like that. That helps a lot. White and supremacy having those two words, and I found that one where the uh, where the where the white children were were riding the uh, the black children's backs like they were horses. And I was like, that's it right there. You see, these are less than human, and they are for our entertainment. And uh, and and I think that 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 image of those kids that that caught that real well, and I posted that in the um in in the group page. And then I, I haven't responded to anything that anyone put there because no one is like I I can't figure this out. I can't wrap my mind around it. I think um I think Mario just put a. It's just like a, what what is that? How do you do? How do you? And it's like well that is. They they left their continent with their Jesus. They saw these uh these folks down here said, What the F is that? Uh, I don't know, maybe it has the curse of hand. Well it ain't like us. Well let's uh let's use it for stuff. Make it work. And uh, in that picture, that that was a picture of them um kinda kinda making them work. Teaching those young men that that's what you do. You ride that thing's back. That that's a that's a good strong, healthy horse there. Let's look at Bronx Zoo. Yeah, that was gross. They had that part that's called um, Pickpocket Park, and and that whole business that was really gross. And it's like, and and what they were they were charging what like forty bucks a ticket or sixty bucks a ticket or something. Like they're they're making money off of that. Trying to find the story. What Bronx um, Race Zoo visits. Yeah, what I found interesting is that the uh, the patrons of this got really upset that the uh, the denizens of these neighborhoods were so upset that they couldn't figure out why it, it, it was just beyond them. And uh, that was in one of that was in one of the recent articles that I had uh, that I read when it first came out. But of course, it's not in the news anymore because it's not uh, it's not as interesting as uh, Britney Spears. So. <laughs> It's really, 
Yeah, I'm not even joking. Britney Spears is now the number one trending thing on uh, Yahoo, at least Yahoo. So it, they, they couldn't figure out why, you know, the denizens were so angry and so upset. And if that doesn't speak privilege and entitlement, I don't know what does. If you can't understand why your dehumanizing act of going to someone's neighborhood and viewing them like a fucking animal, like a zoo animal, almost exactly like a safari. It, that's pretty much what it was, a safari of humans. That you could not wrap your brain around why that's offensive, then what does that say about you as a person and how you view and you're just your worldview altogether? If that's just so that concept of someone being offended by you doing that is so foreign. I mean, I can imagine uh, for the for the folks who actually, you know, did speak up and, and get this thing to stop, and I'm not sure really who they contacted. It might have been a, a city councilor, a mayor, or somebody. But how would they explain to children what was going on? How how would, how I can I can't even put in the words how I would explain to my son what was going on because that would be a great shame upon me to explain to him how that how their mindset works why I had to stop and try and get him to understand that because there's going to be some confusion you know especially to a, a developing uh, you know a developing child's mind so then that's going to t- that's going to take their worldview and completely screw it up and so now, okay, European people, Australian people are all bigots, and now they all uh, will willingly dehumanize us and think there's nothing wrong with it. And so that might just screw a lot of those children up for life. And of course, and when they come back and they get older, and then that hostility comes out for the fair-skinned population around them, then they're just being racist Negroes. And so you have this nice cycle of hate that kind of keeps perpetuating itself from that. And then, you know, we all know who ends up losing that in the end, which is the truly, truly sad part. Yeah, I think I remember about um, around August last year, so listening to a program, and I heard an older white lady say, uh, she said one thing that I know is that if that black people don't do, like I don't deserve their trust as soon as they meet me like that's something I should have to earn and it's like that's kind of right because you never know who these folks are and it's just like when you see um certain posts online you know like where somebody puts something really perverted about um about the Obama kids you know just something really sexually perverted about those kids you know the children and uh and and, and it's like that's a nameless, faceless person online, and that could be anybody. That could be the next person who you're shaking hands with. Or if you're a, a, a black father of a black daughter, that could be the guy, at the, the white dude asking your black daughter out on a date who posted something online that said, I can't wait till they, till they uh, get what they deserve with some hard white this, that, and the other. 
And it's like you never know who these folks are. That's why this sort of news is like it's just useful information. Just know that these people exist. Like, yeah, you're going to get that to stop, but then you still have school-to-prison pipeline and, uh, you know, the chartered school business and, you know, all that stuff that they're still going to do. You know, they're still going to put those – those anti-abortion uh, places across the street from abortion clinics, mostly in poor black neighborhoods, so that they can make sure that they keep um, poor black teenagers from getting abortions. Like, they're still going to do things to, like, socially attack you. And so this sort of stuff, it's the, the, sort of, the story is useful information. Know that these people exist so that you can be aware of them and so that you're not surprised when you keep seeing this sort of stuff. Like, um, I, I'm always surprised that anyone is surprised. And maybe that's because when I was coming up, I, I, I've actually been attacked by skinheads in the uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, before um, before the essays came in the neighborhood and ran them out. You know, I, you know, at, at around us, uh, seven years old, I've actually had someone spit chewing tobacco in my face and yell "nigger" at me. I've had a uh, you know open cans of beer thrown at me and they yell "nigger" at me. And it's like uh, tough experiences, but they toughen you up. They get you ready. They let you know that this stuff is out there. And then, like, some black people, they they may not have had any of those experiences. Maybe they just had something subtle. And that, uh, you know, they, they might grow up a little softer and, and uh, a little less aware and more easy to take advantage of. So, you know, get, get this sort of story across their eyes. Know that these folks out here exist, and they see you as an animal naturally just because you have melanin. There is no American exceptionalism. Stop lying to yourself. Right, uh, there's folks out there in droves that just see you as um, subhominid, not even the same species. And I'm looking here; it said it was a uh, $45 were the rides that took visitors fast up past um, uh, food pantry lines, um, a housing project, and a guide described as the uh, pickpocket hangout. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and the tourists are told they'd um they'd get a look at the Bronx that reflects one of the darkest chapters of the city's history, the 1970s and 80s, when the tour website said this borough was notorious for drugs, gangs, crime, and murders. Not KRS-One <laughs> and and Fat Joe. No, not drugs, gangs, crime, and murder. Like, well, that's just look around Earth. There's drugs, gangs, crime, and murder. You know, they 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 just uh, they they they're rewriting history again and putting all the drugs, gangs, crime, and murder right here in the Bronx. You know, like they don't don't pay attention to Steubenville going on over here. Yeah, don't 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 worry about that. And uh, just just like how what what they're doing in Texas, you saw what they're uh, what they're doing out there with the uh, the school thing. Yet again, it's always when you think. Bad school news, isn't it just always um, Michigan or Texas or Mississippi? And um, they're they're rewriting slavery in the school textbooks. Now they were um, unpaid interns. <laughs> isn't that fantastic? Like all hey, the slaves joke, were just right? yeah, that that's real. They are actually putting that. So think about that. Kids that are younger than. Geez, I'm almost 30. I'm nowhere near kid anymore. So people way younger than me are going to get inaccurate information. And then when I'm like uh, 
if I don't just completely give up on this species and self-euthanize earlier, if I'm like 60 or 70 for some reason, these are going to be the people running for political offices and um, and passing bills and passing laws, and they're going to think that, what, you came from unpaid interns, not slaves. That slave thing, that was debunked years ago, <laughs> you idiot. Yeah, so... Uh, that's, that's the kind of stuff that they're doing. Yeah, that's not a joke. As I say, I'm always looking at what we call the bad news, but really just the useful, useful information. So just know that there's a whole group of people going through an education system that are being taught that you come from the blood of unpaid interns. You know, just a bunch of, you know, slaves with, like, poor college kids toughing it out with a bowl of Top Ramen at their, at their new job, fresh out of class. As unpaid interns. That's interesting. I'm about to look into that because it's funny and it's, it's sad at the same time. But <laughs> yeah. wow. wow, it's yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to wrap my brain around that. But anyway, this is and like I said, it is the epitome of people capitalizing on America being the hub of capitalism, being the hub of, you know, an industrialized nation where you can come up with an idea and make money from it. Okay, cool. I got that. But when you take just a segment of what you deem as, uh, okay, a tourist attraction, that just features something like that, that sends a pretty strong message. Uh, what? Why not use something like, I don't know, the World Trade Center? Why not do something of something more significant than seeing a uh, really dilapidated area? You know, something of historical importance. Because to me, it's just very demeaning. And I've never lived in that area. I've never been or lived anywhere close to the area or anything that looks like that area. But from the way that it's portrayed and the way that, uh, like, you, like you were reading from the site, the way that it's phrased in there, it's actually, that's a mean for it to be the meaning. That is the point. That is, here is this dilapidated area. Hey, look who who all lives here. Here's how they live. Here's what they do every day. Here's where some of them go to work in a place called Pickpocket Park. The ones who can't work line up here so they can receive handouts. You know, it's it, it it's all too familiar. It just plays into more of these stereotypes that they just wanted to see. They want to have demonstrable stereotypes so they can point, look, and laugh. And just apply that to everybody and to keep this shit going on and on and on and on. And they can have a good little laugh and they can say that they tasted some real America uh, or, or, or had a, a real taste of America at the expense of a lot of people who are just trying to really survive from being the descendants of uh, unpaid interns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, they they should have uh, they shouldn't have quit their internship and and taken some bad jobs somewhere. They should have finished that internship and they would have been able to hire into middle management in the next decade 
That's their fault. So the next thing you know, they're uh, they're Bumpy Johnson running numbers. The uh, but I tell you, and that, that's why I don't even I don't deal with the words race, racist, or racism. Those words are uh, they're, they're, everyone's using them their own way and defining them their own way. It's all what it is. It, it, it it's uh, it, it's it's this Eurocentric white Christian supremacy. And I call Christian and Catholic the same thing. One is just more of an open pedophile club about it. The uh, that's the same thing. It, it's their it's that supremacist attitude, and it's like. We're gonna go. We're gonna go look at these, uh, look, you know, these, these subhumans, and go and go look at them and laugh at them, and then that uh, that kind of looks you into this next one here. The uh, the Alabama school finds it finds a Native American student one thousand dollars for sticking a feather in her cap. All right, <laughs> a high, at the high school graduation, um. With a transition from a student to a member of a productive society at a time-honored tradition with ceremonies and pageantry. Oh, you got to love how these people, they, they add in stuff to the story that I don't need. I just want the meat of the story. Where it says, uh, Chelsea Raymer affixed a, um, a, a feather to her tassel. Well, they fine you $1,000 for that. Now, let's see. It says, while the school is in a private institute, it must adhere to federal laws. The American Indian Religious Freedom Act of 1978 expressly denies the ability of uh, groups and organizations to prohibit the use of procession of sacred objects necessary to exercise religious rites and ceremonies. A graduation ceremony in one form or another is, uh, is found in almost every culture going back centuries. So this would appear to apply uh, for the school to specifically target one group of students based on their cultural heritage is illegal. Uh, yeah, so they also kind of run over the um, the folks that we call Native Americans, which I also like. That's supposed to be the politically correct way to say it, but like we're still calling them what Europeans decided to call them. Like they they weren't calling this area America, and they weren't calling themselves Americans. Like they were just whatever tribe they were from, or whatever the land that they uh, that they you know kind of occupied and nomadically lived about, lived around. Even calling them Native Americans is kind of gross. Yeah, it's uh, I get it. That and then that's that's that white supremacy all up in your face there. I see here she has a. Well, actually, hold on, let me make sure. It says, uh, the Native American student claims that the school discriminated against her due to her heritage, and here's her quote. I feel like this wasn't fair. It really did hurt my feelings. I've watched others wear it, and I look forward uh, to it my whole four years there. Now, when it was my turn, they said I couldn't. Uh, I feel like it's discrimination. And it's so interesting that I do hear about how Christians like to Slip in certain stuff, especially um, uh, well, it's, it's usually a uh, what do they call it? A speech, you know, at the end of graduation. Some of the some of the best performing students, like the valedictorian and all that kind of stuff, they get to do certain speeches and uh, present PowerPoint slides about different things. And then hell, even, you know, some just have a prayer. They get to get away with stuff like that, but for you know, somebody else's, you know, religious and cultural identity and freedom is not allowed. That that's that's when it becomes an issue. 
but it's interesting how much folks want to quote the freedoms and the liberties and the uh, just the, the general, the BS, I'll call it, that when someone is not a Christian, then it becomes unacceptable. Then it becomes offensive. Then it then it's it's a big you know hoo ha about who does what and how often they do it and when whatnot. It's hypocrisy, and that's always a funny thing, especially when you see all these memes about <laughs> the, the idea of a religious meme in and of itself is hilarious. And actually, I'm gonna digress for a second. I removed one of my younger cousins from Facebook because he did post a meme that I I want to say was about his ex-girlfriend and it was one of those really kind of immature memes that was misspelled and was really kind of like a, a, a digital fuck you without saying it. And so I typed under, you know, that's one way to send a message because I thought it was funny that someone would take all this effort to make a meme like that that's so negative without taking the time to actually spell check it. So, of course, and he associated that with, okay, well, you're talking about my girlfriend and I'm very immature and uh, some of the stuff I put on Facebook is very ignorant. And I had to inform him is that, do you even know what a meme is? Do you know who created it? Do you know where it comes from? Because the fact that you have a negative meme in and of itself is a contradiction. So, you know, don't get upset with me because I pointed out, you know, your stupidity and your ignorance. So it, it's it's so funny. I, I had to had to throw that in there real quick. That's what that just reminded me of. But anyway, uh, it's it's always interesting to see these memes, these religious memes about having more Bible in school and folks taking God out of school, but when, if we were to allow people's crazy religious bullshit in the schools, what they really mean is we want you to allow uh, a Judeo-Christian religious uh, theological nonsense into schools. They don't mean, okay, if you have a Wiccan, if you uh, believe in any form of uh, uh, Wiccan beliefs, that, sure, uh, Islam, sure, why not? Uh, you know, if it's not one of the, if it's not Judeo-Christian, then it's not acceptable. But they'll pretend like it is until it actually encroaches on their territory, and you you stop them from trying to indoctrinate your children or your neighbor's children. Yeah, I tell you what, then but you know, you know what's also going to happen. And and I would do this if I was a teacher, just just to be a prick. I'd be like, oh, I got to teach from the Bible, okay. And as soon as they walk out and close the door, I'm opening up Leviticus, or I'm going straight to uh, I'm going straight to the slavery parts. Like when we when we teach that part in the history class, like all right, this is what happened. They had the Africans and they sold them into slavery, and this is how the Bible said it was good. All right, all you black kids there, the Bible said it was good. Yeah, like uh, they didn't teach the parts that they cherry pick out, and then they're gonna be like, "Well, you know, you have to teach this revised version of the Bible." And then every single year, you'll see the bill change until the bill changes to pull the Bible all the way back out again, because it was a bad idea in the first place. And you know, and this is uh, again, 
I'm surprised that people are surprised. Like we have words for these things that we keep saying. How many times have you heard me say the word tribalism, people? Uh pull up an example here. Like I mean obviously like that's what happened with this kid in the um in the Alabama. That's just uh Christian tribalism against her. They said, Nope, you're not you're not down with the Christians, then you can go fuck yourself. All right, and that, and that's how that one went. At the um what what was that feller there? Uh, Mark Sanford, the uh the 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 uh the Appalachian Trail guy who went out and um you know, went out and got him some nice little action during Father's Day. Like that that's how he rocked it. And people were like, Oh, you know, he you know, he didn't uh, follow the morals, he didn't follow the values, so they can't possibly vote for him. They're gonna vote for Colbert Bush, right? No, they're going to vote for their tribe member even if he made a mistake because he's a member of the group. All right, and it's and you know, being a male, I just tell you folks, you know, in all my glorious male privilege, I get to hear a lot of the behind the doors honesty that the fellas and things they said they might not be saying to you. Behind closed doors, that's a high fiveable thing. That is a bro code sort of thing. Like, I would not doubt for a second that him and his Christian buddy friends went around the corner laughing about it like, hey, so I heard you went out that, went out there in Argentina and got that hot little chick. What's that like? You know, like, it, it is no – I guarantee you there are no men that Mark Sanford knows that are taking him behind closed doors and shaming him and saying, how could you, dare you, would you, don't, no, don't, don't, no. They're not doing that. No, because it's, uh, you know, I've said this before, Abrahamic religion is the original bro code, and there's that little code of silence to pretend that we have these morals when we actually don't, and it gets to a point with that cognitive dissonance that they just start legislating it on other people, even though they don't want to have it. Oh, geez, I almost dropped my phone and keyboard there. That's what I get for having everything wireless. And yeah, that 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 just that that goes right back to tribalism there. So let's let's not be surprised at what we know exists and what we know is going to happen. Exactly. I guess. Uh, yeah, these, these things, these, these weeks, you know, it, 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 within within two weeks, it gets too exciting. Too much news happens. Like I I try to stick to a specific topic. Like you see all the stuff we talked about and my original idea. I was like I want to do women's prisons. I want to know what's going on with uh with pussy riot. And I will um give you. I'm trying to open up the link here now on a silly PC. The uh they 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 had a a hunger strike uh, go on there. Did you hear about that? I heard they were going to do that, but I, I was kind of I saw. Okay, for those of you who don't know, pussy riot is a is a Russian you know, feminist band and, you know, they are pro women. That doesn't mean that they, you know, hate dicks and they just wanna, you know, castrate every man alive. Let's just throw that out there. Um they are pro women's rights, right? And sometimes they you know, they might go a little bit too far for Russia, you know, like stripping naked. They feel like doing that. They wanna make a point. They, to me, are the female equivalent to Rage Against the Machine, who stripped butt naked and on one of their concerts and did not play, but then ended up making up for it and doing a free concert for everybody who still had those tickets. So it's, you know, just a different uh, spectrum, a different area. Still about, you know, social justice, still about, you know, people's rights. Now, they're about to be sent 
to the gulag. Now, for all of you who've been out of school for a little while, those are the Russian prison camps where um, you go and you really don't come back. That's uh, And there are gulags not only in Russia. Some of them are, um, I can't remember the name. It's just north of Russia. Uh, and there's, it's kind of like their version of Alcatraz, you know, out in the water. So even if you escape the actual facility, you're still pretty fucked because you jump in that water and that's instant hypothermia. But, uh, yeah, they're getting, they're, that, that's what they're, they're facing for some of their antics, which is really silly because you know, we look at it and it's like, well, okay, they're trying to, they're trying to make a point. They're trying to progress their society when they're still under. I, I think the it's, uh, Russian Orthodoxy is a is a major uh, hindrance up there for uh, for those folks. If I'm not mistaken. Man, yeah, any 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 anything where where you let re- re- religion take over. You know, and and always, um, always my first thought whenever I think prison is always immediately rape. Like, I I see it as sort of just this guarantee that this is going. And and I mean, how much more worse for women? Like, and I I don't think it, it's strange at all to be very questioning of any man that wants to work in a woman's prison or jail or any thing like that. I'm even funky about male gynecologists. I think, you know, like why why not question that for that. <clears throat> Yeah, that's what I think with prison. It goes all the way back to um, an old um, piece of writing by a young man named O'Shea Jackson, not much of a young man now, and you might know him as Ice Cube, and he rapped about um, male prison rape. And I remember hearing that when I was a kid, and I was like, I got like, okay, that that seems kind of logical, you know, because I, I learned about you know things like rape and uh, s- uh, sexual violence and sex early in general because my biological mother was dying of AIDS, so I had to learn learn these things a bit earlier. And uh, so yeah, that, that's always one of my first thoughts. And like while I was looking around for just um, information on the on the prisons, which most of it was like the obvious stuff, where it's like you don't have to take much take many notes on that. It's like you're pretty much going to get beaten, tortured, and raped by other inmates and guards. And and, and that's, like, what it is. And uh, somebody had put a um, a video clip on on the YouTubes there that I, I, I won't link to because it's um, – it, 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 they don't really get into the gruesome, but just what you know it's leading up to is, is gross and it's hard to stomach. Where they, um, the the woman uh, apparently they they stripped her clothing off um, all the way down to her undershorts, but she still had her undershorts on, and laid her face down on a on a table like a not a really like this hard wooden splintery bench thing, you know, just ugh, like something gross and and effed up there, and like they had her, they like they tied her arms like in an X across her back in this tight way and they wrapped these rope deals around them and tied those into the bench and really put the squeeze on them. So now she's there um, face down only in her undershorts with her arms tied down there. And there's a group of those, a uh, group of those fellers in their, uh, in their prison guard uh, uniforms that are rather filthy. And then, uh, and then the clip cuts off and it's just like, and when I think of uh, pussy riot, I always think that like, that's probably what's going on there, and that's what um like one of the husbands had wrote like a um a blog post and said like that that was one of the first fears like that's uh 
that, that's probably going to happen there. But then they uh, they had the junger junger strike, the hunger strike. All right, here I go with pronouncing names. Uh, Maria Aloykaina. Uh, one of the jailed members of the Russian punk activist group Pussy Riot has ended her hunger strike after 11 days, uh, reports the Associated Press. Hey, Eric Holder's friends. Uh, Alla Kiner uh, went on a strike after, uh, when she was put under heightened security supervision and was, and was refused the right to attend her parole hearing in person almost two weeks ago. Despite international attention and a letter from Paul McCartney, Alokiner uh, was uh, later denied parole. Uh, following the similar fate of fellow jailed band member Nadazda Tolokanikover. Yikes. Uh, on Saturday, Tolo, Tolo's husband, Piotr, uh, Jiminy Christmas, Yowza, Verzelova, all right, uh, told the AP that the uh, that the vocal anti-Kremlin activists had ended the hunger strike, saying that prison officials have resumed their usual security protocols. Um, Alloy's lawyer confirmed the news but would not comment any further. And uh, from the AP, uh, Verlazov and authorities took Alloy, who was hospitalized uh, Tuesday, on a tour across the prison colony so that she sees all the extra security measures were removed. The extra security meant that inmates were denied prompt medical care when they were when they sustained injuries during they, their work sewing uniforms. It looks implorable. It's not in the tradition of the prison system here to make any concessions. Uh, there must have been a political decision. And it looks like a uh, a third member of uh, Pussy Riot, Yekaterina uh, Samutovich, uh, was released in October. Yeah. All right. So you got you got one out, and you got two more still down. With who knows what's going on with them um, behind closed doors. I always. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna start uh, trailing off and ranting off here, but uh, that, that that's sort of business, you know. That that's unsupervised humans you know that's what you think when you hear about these uh these businesses you know like that fertilizer plant in texas people that don't want regulation don't want anybody watching them that tends to tends to make me think that because you want to do something gross don't you like that's why you don't want nobody watching you is you, you hear my grammar don't want nobody watching you you don't want anybody watching you because because you want to do something filthy like don't you like Come on, you're you're not convincing me. Like the these people, they need to they need to be under supervision. There needs to be somebody watching prison guards, uh, women's prisons. I mean, you know, and I understand that somebody would be like, "Oh, you're against American jobs," but I think maybe they need to flush out men from women's prisons and uh, and 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 rethink that one. You know, like. I really think that it should just be women working in, in, in women's prisons. And if there are going to be men, they have to be you know heavily supervised because humans have a tendency to harm other humans. And if you're surprised by that, again, I say I am surprised that you are surprised. It is, and especially for, uh, you know, highly politicized group like that. And it was it was so funny is that they were arrested for being anti-Kremlin, correct? Yes. Okay. 
if you're not familiar with Kremlin, he's more or less their uh, a leader. Um, you can argue whether he was legitimately elected or not. That's pretty sure part of the problem that they have. But when people in America complain that their rights and freedoms are being encroached upon, they don't understand that in certain countries, you will honestly be killed, like in North Korea, just outright killed. Or your wife or your husband will be killed for speaking, just speaking badly or questioning your leader. There was one uh, North Korean general who disagreed with uh, the father, the uh, Kim Jong-il, not Un, Il. Uh, Il had this man's wife brought out uh, and into his, his palace area thing, kingdom, I don't know what you want to call it, his uh, buffet table, I don't know. And he had this white man's wife killed in front of him. Now, this could just be, you know, talk, but there's a lot of injustices that goes on inside North Korea, and I'm more I'm, I'm inclined to believe that because there's really nothing the UN could really do. Right? He'd starve his own people just, you know, just just to feed his elite. So, and this is an example. People are still being sent to the gulag, and it was... Uh, you know, at one time, appropriate during the war, you have political enemies uh, being sent there still to this day, but more so you have prisoners of war being sent to the gulag to work, you know, to mine or just to, to sit there and rot and not be uh, anyone, uh, become people of non-importance and just to slowly disappear. And you have places like gulags so that these injustices can happen and you can take revenge upon whoever you want to and there's nobody around to help them. You know, if there's a prison down the street, you can hear prisoners yelling and cursing and causing up a storm, but if there's somebody that's out in a freezing wasteland, there's nobody for miles and miles and miles to know that there's anything that's going to go on. There's nobody living around there. It's, it's desolate. So you're out there, you have power over another human being, stuff is going to happen without oversight. And especially to a female group that's against the elected leader, something is is bound to happen, sadly. And, uh, you know, I hope that they find some type of uh, resolution for it. And I'm guessing that is why they did the hunger strike, because they know that their whole ordeal is very, very uh, politicized. So that's just to keep people reminded of, hey, we're still here, we're still facing this issue. Don't forget about us. Don't let the media forget about us because it's possible. The media forgets about it. People stop caring. They're just going to slowly disappear and somebody will ask, hey, whatever happened to them? Nobody knows. Yeah, and, and you know, um, yeah, and, and another reason why I think I'm guaranteed rape, and this is another part of patriarchy, and I, I'm going to have to say um, three syllables that are going to sound really gross. Somebody might want to plug their ears. Okay, you're ready. In patriarchy, it would be seen as a uh, a trophy fuck. You know, even though it's not consensual, you're raping them, but it's like um. You know, you go over to your other uh, your other prison guard buddies, high fiving it like uh, like Sanford and his guys. You know, like hey, got, I, I I I fucked one of those pussy riot ones. You know, like uh, it, you know, and that's a uh, and and that's the thing. I think that's another factor that would make it more likely that they're going to be a. Uh, we tend to say words like sexually abused. I think that's kind of soft language. 
uh, you know, for what's actually happened, happening. But that, like that, that's what's gonna happen. You know, like <clears throat> excuse me, like a woman with any particular um like talent or um like a really interesting personality, like really patriarchal males, like that that they really see sex as a form of uh, defiling and uh and sort of soiling you like they want to do that which is uh, really like a very much a misogyny to me that is a hatred of women that you want to create a reason to slut shame them slut shame them because she is becoming or is a person of prominence which again I have to go back to the um the Obama daughters like for a for a closet racist guy that would be like the ultimate trophy fuck all right and to say those three gross syllables again, and yeah, with uh, with, with patriarchal males, that is that is a relevant thing to them. Is is getting that particular woman, that that one that's standing up and is being a free spirit and is creating things and being a wonderful person. I want to defile that one. And uh, and if you're surprised, I am surprised that you are surprised. Exactly. My sentiment exactly, but I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I wish I wish them the best. You know, I'm not going to send them any like messages because I know that's not going to help. But definitely letting folks know about what's going on will help because I'm pretty sure that the exposure that they're getting is what they desire to keep stuff like this from happening to other people, especially uh, other. Females, because there's still a lot of folks who believe that, you know, women need to stay in the kitchen, even though sometimes we joke about it. And then I joke about it with my wife, but I'm far from being a, you know, misogynist. But it's an actual issue, whereas, okay, there are still many doors not open on the same level of a male. You can't have uh, a female standing toe-to-toe with any male because of that perceived impurity. And it's a shame. And like you said, the fact that the fact that we have the term trophy fuck is yeah. point positive or should be proof positive that you live in a patriarchy and that that patriarchy takes certain pride in certain acts. And when certain acts are committed upon certain people, then it is looked upon uh, very pleasantly, and you are thereby you thereby gain status and you gain you know more right more ah, notoriety because of that. But of course, it comes at the expense of, of someone else. Yeah, and you see it. Um, it, it really um, it really hits you. You know, I'm gonna, for lack of a better term, I'm gonna say it hits your heart. You know, even though we know that that that's not realistic, but it, it hits your heart. Uh, like, remember, I, I, a few years ago, I think it was around, I'm like early 2010. One of the homegirls, uh, she was getting into fitness and she was exercising with me for a couple of weeks, and uh, and I, she said this out loud with a straight face. She said, "I just want to look like a trophy wife." I was like, "Ugh." You know what? I just want to be a good nigger. Like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, that's it? How about be something for yourself and not something for some man? Holy hell, I just want to look like a trophy wife. That sort of stuff. It can't can't let them internalize those things. 
Uh, she she wasn't saying it, you know, in a joking manner. She was dead serious, right? Yeah, like that. That's what I want to look like, and I like uh, apparently, like I don't know if that means that's what you want to be, because I I I, I change the subject. Like I can't. My that that sort of stuff makes my brain fall apart, and I'm like, I just I need cheesecake quick before I go into a coma, and that. Uh, yeah, just want to look like a trophy wife. So yeah, do you just want to be a trophy wife? Do you just want to be an an item? Which really, I guess that would mean you are in the traditional marriage. So is a, you know is he gonna get you for thirty shekels? Like how how is that gonna work out there? Yeah, that, that's someone I haven't hung out with in a while, and not not because of that, but you know people grow apart. And yeah, that, that, that hmm. that's tough to me. That's interesting. I mean, I, I, I guess I could say I want to look like you know I want to be like you can steal. You know, let me let me aim there because I can you know perceive his uh, his his profession and his physical appearance. I can just perceive his physical appearance and say, yeah, you know that's that's what I want to be. But then I'm not also taking into account that this man is uh, uh, turning you know women into shish kebabs. For a living, and he is—he is himself an, an object. Uh, so it's, you know, and like I, I don't want to degrade anybody's profession. You know, it's even—I uh, won't call him a sex worker, but um, uh, people in pornography business aren't there because of their intellect. They're there because they can perform. But you really have to look at the whole picture. Especially when you're dealing with something like that, and that, actually, that, that reminds me, I did a review on, um, uh, I think it was Preacher's Daughters, and one of the one of the young girls said she wanted to be a uh, porn star because she perceived that you know their freedom as liberating, that they you know they could just have sex with anybody, but she she it's a good example. She could not see the entire picture that they really don't choose who they have sex with. There's a director that says, I think your penis looks good inside her. And I think someone would find that excellent to masturbate to. So guess what you're going to do? That's not a, that's not freedom. You know, she perceives that because that that uh, porn actress portrays that, and she's really good at portraying that. But they she didn't see that they also get treated very badly outside of that work, uh, especially act uh, some like a counterpart named Pinky, and I want to say Jada Fire. They've actually. Uh, Talked about this to certain blogs and stuff. People, you know, you know, cat calls and really will try to dehumanize them in public because they are perceived again as just this piece of meat for entertainment. So there's a lot that's being missed, and people just take them for face value and really don't dig in deeper to what it actually means because you don't meet an intelligent trophy wife. You, you, you don't meet that. Down. And uh, and the, you know what? That's actually also something that uh, would make me say that's more traditional and more close to the Bible because you, know, you said uh, don't be intelligent. So like what? You're in church together and the woman has a question for what the pastor said. You wait till you get home and you ask your husband. All right, you you ask the penis what it thinks. The penis will tell you what's right. Yeah, you know, well, while while we're going off the cuff here, I mean, uh, we 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 never done. Yeah, I think this this was yeah this this is the last barber shop. You all grow afros after this, and uh, and then we'll go into um into the in, into the break beat. Uh, something I've been thinking about, and uh, like just um you know maybe for like a 
like 15 minutes a day for like the past few weeks is uh was the it gets better campaign with uh you know for the for the LGBT youth and it's just like uh I don't know if I would tell um any kid any person that's uh even like under the age of like 40 that that it 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 gets better it seems too vague and i know you know it's it's a happy thing and it's a it's positive and uplifting you know people are like yeah you know it gets better i'd say it gets mildly tolerable you know like it can get a bit better if you if you focus and get good grades and get a good job pay your bills on time and eat your vegetables and exercise it can it it can get tolerable but really, being a member of this species, especially if you're an informed member of this species that's constantly reading bad news like me, which is really just useful information, it's really not much better. It's really, I feel like the more you know, it's kind of like it's worse because you know how much ugly is really out there with our species, which I start wondering if that's if that's just natural. You know, like we are really just as what William Lane Craig fears is we're just atoms banging around. And yeah, it, it does not just get better. You, you're going to be in a world full of stupid people. I, I named a show that a lot of people are stupid. So it's like, yeah, you might not be getting um, picked on by kids in school, but you're still you're going to go out into adulthood and you're going to deal with sociopaths. You're going to deal with assholes. You're going to deal with misogynists. You, you're going to deal with what? wacky politicians that are getting bought off by corporations. Like, it doesn't really get much better. It just gets tolerable if you go to work and pay your bills on time. Yeah, but it it doesn't just plain old simply get better. I, I wouldn't tell a kid that. Yeah, I agree. It, it, you learn to deal with it. Sadly, and I understand. I, I, <laughs> I forgot Ellen too. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres was also uh, supporting this. It was started by uh, uh, a man and his husband, and I believe it was aimed at the LGBT youth community because of their such. It was a, uh, a really sharp increase in homelessness and suicide in the LGBT. Actually, and Q. Actually, what does the Q stand for? I forgot. LGBTQ. I think that's some queer and questioning. Like that. That one sort of doubles up. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that a few times. Like I kept forgetting to ask about. Okay, LGBTQ community. That there is a, a lot of uh, suicides, and I actually had to look into that because it was really really sad to hear that, but you really don't hear too much from, uh, you know, any of the religious zealots, uh, unless unless they were Christian and then they they got recruited and then they died, then that's something that they can co-opt and use. Yeah, it's, but if they were, okay, well, I know I like, I am homosexual, I know what I like, I, you know, I want to live a good life, well, my good uh, Christian friends and family, and, and it's not just Christian; it's a lot of religious and bigoted folks. Uh, you know, treat me like shit, and then tell me that I'm evil, I'm immoral, and I'm going to hell. This, that, and the other, over and over and over again. 
they start to believe that, and so they then they believe that their life is useless. So, how do you tell somebody that in hearing, you know, that they're useless and that you know they're going to burn in hell for forever, that things are going to get better? It's like you said, they need a much more accurate and more much more realistic slogan than that. But I do see where it was aimed, and I, I do like, you know, kind of where it was going. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's a nice thing to say. Like that's something good to say to rope them in. You know, get them paying attention. Once they're paying attention, start telling some truth. Like start telling some real hard truth that you are in a world full of morons. All right, you know, like uh, like right now with all the news coming out now, I think I tell any young person, um, like uh, oh you're uh, you're going into uh grade nine there, right? You're gonna be a freshman. Well. Don't worry about getting an ROTC. You don't want to go to the military. You might get raped. Either gender. It might that that's a that's a probability there. Yeah, you know, I would just uh, just tell them the truth. You're going in with a corporation. Well, keep in mind, you want to do everything right, but you can't slack off on a lot of stuff and still get promotions. All right, that's that's how that world actually works. And it's not really about how hard you work. It's really about who you rub shoulders with. You should learn how to play golf. Like, start telling some real truth to young people. Yeah, like that that's the the real honesty. That's the actual world you're going to live in. Uh, you know, people, as soon as they get in the car, tell them, hey, people are not going to merge in time, and then they're going to cut you off in the intersection and dramatically slow down right in front of you. That, and, and that's the real world that you live in, a world where stupid people outbreed the pragmatic people. Yeah, see, I only thought they did the uh, the traffic thing over here in California. Uh, it makes me feel so much better now. <laughs> <laughs> and out, out here, the um, the I don't know, the drivers are nuts. I actually, ah, man, I recently had one. Yo, I feel like I feel like a little xenophobia kicking in on me. Like I, I don't know, man. Something about between two thousand one and now, I, I, I did. I had a little moment where I did, uh, I did stereotype. And I did kind of freak out. I didn't harm anyone, but I was uh, I was uncomfortable specifically because of this. Like it, it, there was a, a a vehicle on fire in the middle of the road, and um, the uh, you know the emergency people hadn't been hadn't got there yet. Police, ambulance, firemen, whoever. <laughs> oh, excuse me. And there were about about I don't know six or seven uh, Muslims around, and they had on the whole deal. And I see them, and I see fire, and I was just coming off the exercise trail onto the regular road. I go jetting back to the exercise trail. like, And I was like, did I really just run away simply because they were – like I, I was – like I purposely went back and went by just to be like – just to make myself do it. Like I can't just run from people because they're Muslim. Like Jesus Christ. But there was a fire, and they were just kind of there just in the road, but it was probably their vehicle, you know, like – and 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 here I am, basically being a conservative. I definitely I, I took the Christian way out. Yeah, I mean it, you're not the only one. It's it's something I had to learn about too. Is that these subliminal messages, and some are just not subliminal. Some are just subtle, as as it, it permeates throughout society, especially since nine eleven. You pick up on it, even though you know your conscience. You are actually your conscience. Me and my grammar, <laughs> or my grammar and I, 
you are <laughs> a conscious being and you are a thinking rational person. You know that this is going on. You know that folks are stereotyping, folks are using their theology, the two people are trying to propagate their own theology to fit however they want their worldview to be dominant. And they want their worldview to be your worldview so they can get more converse and get uh, a magical toaster. And so you can be up there, you know, performing fellatio on their God or whatever. So you know that this is going on, but yet it somehow still affects you. And you, you're not the only one. I'm, I know I'm not the only one. That it still happens to even when I get on a plane now and civilian clothing. No one knows I'm a soldier, but you know, as soon as I do, I, I see someone, you know, in a in a heat. If I see a female in a hijab, no. If I see a Sikh, no, I'm not worried. If I see a long bearded uh, Muslim man and he and I make eye contact, there is a sense of hostility. Even though I don't know this man, I don't know if he's probably staring at me because I'm staring at him. There's all kinds of possibilities, but there is still some hostility there and a bit of an easiness just because I live in a society that I do. And I can't sit here and say that, well, that admonishes me from any type of responsibility and any type of uh, personal prejudices I might be feeling. No, I feel that I'm the only reason I'm a better person is because I could admit it. I can I can outwardly say yes that it still exists. Yes, I still feel that. So, you know, it's just moving on and being being conscious of that, and being I'm going I'm just gonna say cognizant. I'm gonna be cognizant of that feeling, and that this this is your. So it's not that you know you really can't control uh, this innate feeling. But to excuse yourself from any type of rational or rational thought to trump that feeling, that's when it becomes an issue. And then that's when you people uh, can use their theology to try and excuse their own ignorance and say, well, I had this gut feeling. And no, you've been, you've been listening to much Fox News. That's what it is. <laughs> you turn yeah. your brain off. <laughs> Exactly. A gut feeling, like we're not we're not detectives in the early '80s. You know, you don't have a gut feeling there, Dick Tracy. Nah, a, a gut feeling. Nah, all right, Alfred. I was Jesus Christ. I, I was I was late to the to the gosh darn last show. Jesus Christ, we 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 rocked it though. I I I got I got no excuse. Like it it's my fault. Most of my scheduling is it has been off. Like um. I don't know. Like it's a Saturday ago, I, I met my next ex, and I, I've been irresponsible with my time. And I probably just said something really patriarchal there. But uh, it, uh, it it's good to rock out with you. We we did another one. What, what's that next show that you're doing? You're, you're you're paired up with a new crew. Uh, yeah, I think it's me and Mario, and what did you say? It's Mario and I, and uh, I still need to get with him. I think he was listening. And um, a little bit, and right after the show, I'm gonna try to contact him to see how he wants to do it. But now that I'm working in a more stable environment, and I can dedicate, uh, you know, a little bit more of my time. But you know, I, I've I've missed a show or two just due to my skip, I have my hectic schedule. So it's it, you know, it's all an effort to keep things fresh and to, you know, keep the whole network growing because even though. We might be switching up, you know. We still collaborate. We still talk. We still, you know, every Sunday I try to pop in there 
and listen to Black Free Thinking to get other folks to come in and and uh, view what's going on. Cause I'll, I'll be honest, I sit there, I I, I minimize, I, I get in, say hi to everybody, I minimize it. You know, I'll turn on my game and I'll just turn off the sound and listen to Black Free Thinking for the next two hours. You know, that's that's my Saturday morning ritual. That is my church, and I tell people that all the time. I don't go to church anymore. I sit and I listen to Kim and listen to whoever else is on, uh, you know, for some entertainment, but also to try and learn something, especially when it comes to, you know, LGBTQ, uh, learning a bit of history, learning some more about stuff like microaggressions, which I learned that from, uh, I think it was actually Mario's Facebook, uh, his, his group. I think his is Black Atheist, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's Mario Stanton's group. Yeah, Black Atheist. Okay, yeah, his his group taught me that. Somebody uh, somebody brought that up, and I thought it was kind of a uh, like an off the cuff comment that somebody was just using. You know, like some, you know, he made an aggression toward me that you know was micro was microscopic and and its scope. <laughs> but it, no, it's an actual concept of microaggression, and it's. It's, it's it's really interesting. So it's, it's stuff like that that I can really attribute to, you know, the free thought community that it's a stark contrast to hearing the same thing in the church over and over again. And I tried to actually make a video. I wanted to make a video of uh, black free thinkers uh, broadcast or a few of them just kind of, you know, chop up certain sections especially dealing with history and dealing with, you know, terms like microaggression. And then clips of my family, uh, some of my family members, their church, and them talking about all kind of magical nonsense. And, of course, they wouldn't let me do it because they outright told me, you know, we, we know what you're going to use it for. You know, we we know that you're going to take it and you're going to make us look bad. No, I wasn't going to make you look bad. I was going to play it. I was going to put it next to something that actually mattered. And if it looked bad, then that's, it, it, it's just bad. I don't know what to tell you, you know. So <laughs> it's it's really funny when you uh, you bring up stuff like that when they can criticize and they can mock and they can deny and do all sorts of things when you're not a part of that inner circle. But you know, if you try and do the same thing to them, then it becomes an issue. Then it becomes a problem. Then it becomes uh, controversial and. There's even now, uh, there's, I, I kind of question, uh, uh, I'm, I'm kind of leery about adding any of my family members because I have to give them the disclaimer that I'm not going to sit there and shoot, actively ignore your bullshit. This is a social network. We, you join a social network to talk to people. To sit there and ignore someone's bullshit is to actually, you're, you're doing more work than what you signed up for. You signed up and made an account to talk to people. So to actively not talk to people makes no sense. And I had to explain it to a few of them. So, and they, they come to find out that they, they they tell each other behind closed doors just to, you know, accept. And they, they all call me AJ. So, you know, accept AJ's atheism and just, you know, nod your head, say, you know, you accept who he is and, you know, just kind of let him be. And it's kind of like a pat on the head, the proverbial pat on the head, uh, you know, give, give give the dog a good treat so he'll be good. 
kind of thing, and I let it go because I know I am vastly smarter than any of them, and I've 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 said that several times, and a lot of them got mad, but it's true, and none of them yet to deny it. So <laughs> that's the funny part, and I uh, I just I, I like to throw that in there sometimes. And my mother says I get that from her, but she is somehow still um, a, a theist, and I'm. It, 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 I'm still trying to wrap my brain around some of this stuff, but uh, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm definitely going to look forward to the future. I'm trying to get my health in better order so that I can move on to the next phase of my life. I really look forward to eventually visiting Chicago so I can attend some of these meetups and stuff that I see people having, and that's really fun because the last... uh, atheist hangout that I actually went to was in Lafayette, Louisiana and it was it was all Caucasian and of course they did the you know hey yo brother what's up and kind of thing I think I actually talked about yeah you laugh I think you remember me telling you about my experience with that and that you know they would they would talk to each other you know like you and I are talking now but then they were telling me so dog yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> Like, are you serious? How, how did your dialect just change? You honestly turned your head 45 degrees to the left, and your entire culture changed. How does one do that? And I'm just because, shocked. Because that, that's exactly where your aura was. As soon as he turned his head, like he was he was inside that black energy, and he was like, oh, I got to I gotta hip-hop it up, B. Yo, word up, son. Yo, 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 yo. He, he was about to bust a freestyle. You didn't even you didn't see it coming. And at least you had real reasons for being late. I, I, I'm late, and I was off schedule because stupid libido. The uh, I'm, I'm gonna be rocking out with uh with MC Brooks, and he's nice, and he knows more things than I do. That'll that 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 that'll be interesting. He's gonna he's gonna front man it up. We're gonna for we're gonna jump out um in introducing ourselves and um. I guess our, uh, our idea, like, um, right out the gate, run down on the, uh, you know, the trending topics, so a, a, a phrase I got from you, Alfred, trending topics. When I say that, I feel smart now. And, uh, you know, run, run that stuff down, but not clown on it yet. And then after after running it down, like that, and then other little situations in life, There'll be, you know, there'll be a segment called "Come on, son." You know, something completely ridiculous, like when my um, like when my closet um gay boss goes on a homophobic rant. Very awkward. Come on, son. Uh, rhyme cast because we are two MCs, so hip hop will be happening. Uh, rhyme cast will be a segment, and in the brainstorm, that'll be what the central theme is. And that's what we're um. We're coming up with now for uh, for Saturday a central theme an idea that will be the brainstorm, and uh, and 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 those are uh, those are the ideas there. So I think uh, from um from what I think it started when I when I saw um dealing with pious black people, and I was like who who's this Alfred guy? I I need to know more of what he thinks about things. Now I think what from January to now we I, I spent six months finding out what he what he thinks about things and uh, like and and you got to hear me uh, say things that uh 
You know what? I mean, really, you go all the way back to the first episode where I'm talking about euthanizing people. It's not hard to take something out of – you don't have to take it out of context. You can just take quotes I've said to make me look bad for your ad campaign. You know, I have one show where I was doing an LGBT program where I got frustrated, and I said rural people shouldn't be allowed to be rural anymore. You should force them into the city. And like, yeah, so you, you could take extreme things I said and, and, and just make a best of real. And I uh, – and and I think that would be the deal. Big Alfred Loco, Big Father Teresa over here, aka the homie Big Cheesecake. And uh that that's the that's the barbershop. Any any last words? Oh man, it's it's been fun. I you know, I look forward to the new lineup because like I said, it, I think it, it'll definitely keep things fresh and it'll definitely keep my uh my weeks now fully stocked since I'll be also be along with being a full time soldier, I'll also be a full-time student going to online class. <laughs> so I'll have something to listen to while I'm sitting here responding to uh, half-literate people uh, around the U.S. taking the same course as I am. So it should be very, you know, very interesting, especially hearing two MCs on one radio show. That That's definitely going to be interesting. So um, that and uh, I'm going to mess with Mario a little bit. I just want to hear Mario say Yamin at least 15 times because I have to pause my I have to mute my mic because I start laughing I'm like <laughs> say it again say it again <laughs> yeah there was one where that. Mario was uh, Mario was running the boards and he had all these um sound effects loaded up and like when a caller called in like he loaded up a sound effect that was like who the hell are you it was bad it was like all these like Mortal Kombat things like when he'd say so he'd kick an ill punchline and he'd be like uh, fatality the flawless victory. Like, yeah, my, my Mario's wild, man. He's wild. I, I think all um my last thing I say is uh, eat your cruciferous vegetables, do your bicycle <laughs> crunches. You know, get tranquility in your own life. Uh, um, eat whole whole grain. Uh, never multigrain. Whole grain is a lot better for you. And a recent study on 15 brands of ground turkey. They all had feces in them. And I'm having turkey burgers tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> yummy! <laughs> made my night. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, that's too funny. And don't forget to go buy your box of Cheerios. Yes, I'm actually That's right. At yeah, what do we right do? Now. Yeah, we got the we we got the generic cinnamon toast crunch in there in the uh in the big bag. <laughs> yeah, gotta get gotta support Cheerios. So you know you don't have cinnamon toast crunch. You have uh crunchy squares crunchy squares with cinnamon uh, sugar. Right, and that might actually be the name. They don't even try to get creative anymore. They will just say crunchy squares. We know you're gonna buy it. <laughs> it's, I'm call oh, my mother out Yeah, it's funny. I'm gonna have to call my mother out. I know she listens to some of my broadcasts, but my mother loves to do this because she goes down a section and she says every store has what's called a nigga section, and then you oh. go down it, you know you've gotten to that section because all the cereals change from boxes to bags, and then the name of the cereal actually becomes what it actually is. So you no longer see Fruit Loops, you see Fruity Circles. And it's a clear bag, and you can pick it up, and it may or may not bust open. Oh man! And you know, well, I'm I'm in Florida, so that's more of a redneck section. It surely is. And speaking of rednecks, I gotta say, um, my jam of the summer is uh, boys round here. 
by some some guy named Blake something or other. And uh, I, I'm I'm not proud of the fact that I love this song or the fact that when I'm on the bicycle trail, I obnoxiously sing it out loud. Them boys round here drinking that ice cold beer, talking about girls, talking about trucks. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's terrible, and I'm gonna be jamming that record all summer. It is it's so ignorant, and I love it. And I think uh, that. Yeah, that 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 that'll wrap them up. That that that's your last haircut, people. All right, grow you're growing your afros out now, which is going to be tough for me because my hairline's receded. So I'm going to look very hilarious when mine grows out. So we gonna uh, get you some locks. <laughs> oh, dreadlocks! I gotta learn how yeah. to take care of them. <laughs> all right, guys, you all did a wonderful job. I enjoyed the barbershop. Archives are there for everybody to enjoy. You can enjoy them on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. We're everywhere. So wonderful job, Alfred. Wonderful job, William. We're just reshifting some things around, but your favorite personalities will still be around, so stay tuned. That information will be released soon as to the new lineup, third, fourth week of this month, as a matter of fact. Sunday, we'll be talking about intersectionality in a free thought community. And the Sunday after that, we'll be talking about black male feminists with our guests being anti-intellect and Reverend Xavier. So it should be a really, really good show. And for the show for this Sunday with intersectionality, we're going to have Vita Starr and we'll also have Tiara from Feminist Apostasy. So it should be a good show, everybody. And on that note, guys, big ups. It was wonderful. Thank you. God bless you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put you on the prayer list. I think I'm ready to spit this. <laughs> we need, like, pictures of ourselves. Yo. Now, yeah. Now, our father, who ought to be earthbound, subject to gravity, Teresa be thy name. And when my kingdom comes, I shall bring the rum, grab the nearest microphone and speak within my brain. Now, yes, you have stepped in the barbershop, and if you disagree, there's never a need to dish you. 310-982-4273 to get through. And check out my dude, Alfred.